the righteousness of faith. All right. Everyone ready to give? You got your offerings ready? All right, let's go to Malachi 3. Go to Malachi 3 and verse 10. And take notice, we're going to be looking at some things here. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat or food in my house. And prove me, now here, West says, the Lord of hosts. We've got tithes, offerings, and Lord of hosts. Of all the names of God, he mentions specifically the Lord of hosts. Is everyone familiar with who the Lord of hosts is? Commander of the angels. That's the hosts. So when you see Lord of hosts, think angels. Mm -hmm. Think God over the angels, mm -hmm. telling them what to do, mm -hmm. working for him, okay? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. he says, prove me now here, what says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. The Young's literal says, see if I won't open. Or he says, don't, don't, don't I open up for you? the windows of heaven, and empty out a blessing till there is no space. Amen. Empty out a blessing till there is no space. Woo. His blessing. Hallelujah. Do we know what the blessing <clears throat> is? Because that matters. Yeah. Yes? Absolutely. The blessing. Mm -hmm. The blessing of the Lord. It's mm -hmm. power. It's his mm -hmm. power. It's his creative ability. It's how he created the earth. If you read Genesis 1, he blessed, saying. Mm -hmm. His power, his authority, his ability, his creativity released, mm -hmm. saying. Causing an effect. Okay? So we're bringing the tithes, the Lord of hosts, blessing, no space left. The blessing is full in your life. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And the nation shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Twenty-four times in the book of Malachi, it says Lord of hosts. Mm -hmm. That doesn't include all the times he says Lord as well on top of that. And the book of Malachi is talking about offerings. Find that interesting? Mm -hmm. Go to James 5. James chapter 5, fourth verse. Now remember, it says in Psalm 103 that the angels hearken to the voice of the word of God. The word's got to be in your mouth. James 5, verse 4, Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, cries. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. 
The Amplified says, but look, here are the wages that you have withheld by fraud from the laborers who have reaped your fields, crying out for vengeance. Imagine your paycheck crying out for vengeance. <laughs> That's what it says. Or the lack thereof. Maybe you're not getting paid enough. Maybe you're not getting paid at all. These people, it doesn't say whether they got paid or whether they were ripped off and weren't getting enough. But evidently, this wicked guy had a field. He had people he hired to reap it. And the wages are crying out, and the Lord of hosts heard it. And the cries of the harvesters have come to the ears of the Lord of hosts. You got the wages, you got the laborers crying out, Lord of hosts is hearing it. Got it? Now in Hebrews 1, he talks about Jesus being raised from the dead. I'm just going to touch on a few things here quickly. I was just there. Hebrews 1, in verse 6, again, when he brings in the first begotten into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. Jesus is the Lord of hosts. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Many times throughout the Bible, offerings that were offered to the Lord on altars were consumed by fire. Manoah, Gideon, David, Solomon. They would put an offering on the altar and fire would come down from heaven and take it. He makes his angels flames of fire. Wow. Hebrews 3, 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. The high priest of what we say. So when we're given our offerings, we give them with words and we give them with deeds. Okay? Sower sows the word. Your offerings need to be word back. I'm giving you some word right now. If you didn't already have some. Nine times in the book of Hebrews, Jesus is referred to as a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Is everyone familiar with Melchizedek? One time in the Bible we see Melchizedek doing anything. One time. And he received Abraham's tithes and blessed him. And Abram said, I've lifted up my hand to the Most High God. No one else say he made me rich. Why did he say that? He just got blessed. Because Proverbs 10.22 tells us the blessing of the Lord makes rich. It's power. It's ability. To make rich amongst other things. Jesus is the high priest of our profession, and he's our Melchizedek. Hebrews 7, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, this is verse, verse uh, 1 of chapter 7, this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God who met Abram, Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all verse 6 he, rece uh, he received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises you've got some promises <laughs> 
You've got some promises. How would you like the blessing to see those promises come to pass? Well, you've got the blessing. Abraham brought the spoils, and he tithed. But that was after he was blessed. He was blessed first. He's like, I'm blessed. You blessed me? Here. You're part of this. I'm going to read an account here of a man named Gary Woods. He went to heaven. Okay? 1966, he was killed in a car wreck, dead, knocked his teeth out, crushed his neck, vocal cords were ruined, gone forever. He went to heaven. He's getting shown around by a friend of his that previously went to heaven who was killed. And he was seeing all around heaven and getting escorted and seeing things. And he was there for a while after seeing a bunch of things. And his friend said to him, you got to go back. What do you mean I got to go back? Your sister's using the name. Well, there's documented proof of this man being dead. There's eyewitnesses. And doctor reports that his whole life in ministry, he's, he's been to heaven recently now, not, not long, but he had a very long career as or a ministry as an evangelist, miracles and all that. He sang, he preached, and he had no vocal cords his whole life from that rag on. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is one of the things that he tells about in heaven. Can I read it to you? After we left the nursery, this is in heaven. This is him in heaven. After we left the nursery, we walked into a long building, much like a storage building. I was caught off guard by what I saw hanging from the walls. There were rows of legs, rows of arms, cubicles with hair, eyeballs of various colors. Every part of one's anatomy was in this room. You might be wondering, why does there need to be a place like this in heaven? It reminds me of the joke. Were you out of the room when God was passing out brains? Okay, that's besides the point. John knew that I didn't understand, and he told me to watch what happens before my eyes. Now, listen to this. We've been talking about angels, offerings, what you say, Lord of hosts. From my heavenly vantage point, I could see the prayers of the saints below shooting up like arrows towards heaven. Angels would receive the prayers and bring them into the throne room of God. God would grant the prayer request, and the angel would be dispatched from that room to deliver the miracle. If a doctor says that something is no good and must be removed, I'm telling you that God has a miracle for you. God has spare parts. Hallelujah. But you might say, well, I know people who needed a miracle, and they have even asked for one, and they didn't receive it. Let me tell you what I saw next. I saw the angels dispatched with the answered miracle from God fighting principalities and powers only to be stopped by doubt and unbelief from the mouth of the petitioner. Case closed. (laughs) Athena, come up.
Okay, so uh, this is a testimony. Uh, I can do this. So Friday, I'm, I'm going to read this because otherwise it could take a lot longer. <laughs> um, so Friday, July 3rd, this is of 2020, Michael came home and presented with me with a celebration balloon and three outings to select from. I chose one and the next day, hey, keep holding that. <laughs> and the next day we set out, it was Saturday, July 4th, our 11-year anniversary from the day we were betrothed. As we left home, Michael was telling me that he decided to leave his wedding ring home for safekeeping, but I was wearing mine. Where'd I go? Uh, we set off for the first city um, of hope and uh, to see mom's new home. After a lovely visit and tour, we went to Bridal Vale Falls in Chilliwack. As we took the exit off the freeway, I remember fingering my ring, mindful of how much I love Michael and I'm delighted to be married to him. Hmm. That's you. We enjoyed a nice hike to the viewing area of the falls and tinkered around with, pic with pictures, taking pictures, that was me, and enjoying the birds and the path that the water carved for itself among the rocks. Holding hands as we often do, I adjusted my ring to do due to uncomfortably pressing against my finger bone. We took another trail back to the car and once inside, I called Big Feast Bistro in Abbotsford to place an order for takeout. In route, I got mixed up after exiting the freeway and we detoured around for about 10 minutes getting uh, to get back on course. Finally, we arrived and I went inside and retrieved the supper. A friendly waitress assisted me to the point of handing, uh, standing there, handing out, uh, excuse me, to the point of standing there, holding out my bag of food to take it. I felt rushed and didn't put my credit card away or my wallet away. I just grabbed the bag awkwardly with all of this in my hands. I grabbed the bag awkwardly and as I did, the bag almost fell out of my hands somehow. She steadied it with her hand under mine, on top of mine, under the bag. Odd, but it, you know, no big deal. As we walked to the car, I focused on not dropping my wallet or my credit card, and, but I felt off. I remembered hearing a check, in, check for your ring from inside me, and I attempted to touch it, but I uh, thought I'd do it after giving Michael the food. After settling in the car and putting my purse back together with the wallet and credit card, I felt uneasy, as if I'd forgotten something. But I didn't remember what it was, so we drove home. At home, we busied ourselves with unloading the car and a little cleanup, when, uh, a little cleanup then prepared to eat. While unloading and then cleaning up, my ring kept coming to my mind, but I brushed it off. But I brushed the thoughts off, staying focused on the task at hand. Just before sitting down to eat, my ring came to mind again, and again I brushed it off, eager to eat the food and enjoy the food. It wasn't until the next morning, Sunday the 5th, that I realized I no longer had my ring. It wasn't in my hand, and it wasn't in the place that I would keep it for storing it for like when I'm doing dirty work. I could not even remember the last time I saw it. I scanned my memories of the previous wonderful day, and the last time I was absolutely certain it was on my finger was during a hike. Oh no, did I lose it at the hike? We took communion that night regarding the restoration of my ring. The next Monday, um, after praying about, mm, I can't see. <laughs> the next Monday, after praying and having peace with driving back to the uh, park, I called Michael and left. I reached the path 
Um, I searched the path up and down and found nothing. I felt like crumbling and screaming, but remembered the importance of first words, and I contained my emotions. I drove the hour-long home, the hour drive home, praying in the spirit. Uh, was that friendly waitress really a skilled thief that subtly took the ring off my hand <laughs> with that food, bagging, food bag slip stunt? Mm -hmm. Fear and condemnation started to bombard me. How negligent of me not to even know when I lost my ring. How callous my heart to hear promptings of checking my ring three times and casting off the thoughts every time. Mm -hmm. Not even to simply look at it. The shame that tried to bury me alive was overwhelming. I had my ring when we left, but I didn't when we got home. I prayed and I searched and I made phone calls. I replayed the day. Anything and everything I thought a leading of Holy Spirit, I acted on. I fought against the ridicule of the enemy. I forgave myself. I forgave the waitress. I forgave the people at the park. I claimed the righteousness of God multiple times a day for the next three days. Thankful that Michael kept his peace, saying little to nothing, saying little about it. I knew it hurt him just uh, the same as it did me. Holy Spirit kept me. Uh, excuse me, Holy Spirit helped me to find peace in Jesus, and my faith was active for restoration. We decided to tell no one to avoid the sympathy or the attack against our faith for my ring's restoration or in return. Um, that same Monday, Michael was talking with Cal Lipke and asked him to pray for agreement that the precious item be recovered. Cal, not knowing what the item was, encouraged Michael with Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith is our title deed and also reminded him of 2 Kings 6, 1 through verse 7, the restoration of the axe head from the depths of the Jordan River. That became our meditation and our confession. I called my ring to me frequently, every single time it came to mind. I commanded it to be on my finger, to find me. I declared that I have angels working for me. Father, you made the iron swim. You revealed the axe head. I focused my mind to keep my eyes and hope on the Lord and maintain my peace and joy in him. My spirit was charged, equipped for the fight, and strong to subdue the emotions of despair. The battle was real, and it was daily. For the next two months, my wonderful celebration day was haunted by such darkness and pain. Every time I saw my rejoicing balloon, my heart hurt. My ring was, is a symbol, more than a symbol. It is my covenant token of my marriage, a dream for all my marriage can be in Christ. It was custom made, my ideal ring, everything I wanted, irreplaceable. I have the title deed. It belongs to me and me alone. I covered it with the blood of Jesus, not settling for any substitution, setback, or delay. I will have it returned to me intact and undefiled. The stick thrown in the water to make the axe head float was the cross of Christ, my covenant of redemption. The stick of Elisha that was magnetized with the anointing, drawing the axe head to it, uh, drawing the axe head to it, and I am magnetized with the anointing, drawing my ring to me. James 5.4 says the wages, says the wages and the worker call out to the Lord for justice, and I'm calling out and my ring is calling out for me. Justice will be delivered. One of Jerry Seville's words of the Lord for this year is that in just a few days, you'll see tremendous acts of my goodness and you will know they are from me. Mm. I read that and thought my ring on my finger would be a tremendous act of his goodness <laughs> that I would know was from him. Yeah. 
It was not always easy to praise Father for the victory and the triumph of restoration, but I kept my expectations set on him. He gave me a helpful nugget August 31st, uh, not 31st, August 30th, uh, which was just a few Mondays ago. Just what he said was, just believe he can and he will because he loves me. Praise God. I don't need to look at all the people he'd have to move on to get my ring to me, or where it might have been, where I lost it, the pawn shop it could be in, or if it was sold for pieces. He loves me, he knows where it's at, and I believe he can get it to me, and he will get it to me. Mm -hmm. On Wednesday, September 2nd, we were removing our bed frame in preparation for a new one. As I stood there balancing the old box spring on its side, I surveyed the items under the bed that I had placed there more than a year ago and hadn't touched since. At a glance around, I saw a discoloration in the carpet. What is that? I asked Michael to hold the box spring and step through the items for a closer look. Laughing? I remember how God made the iron swim, making it reachable to lay hold of. I reached out my hand. Oh, I Whoa. reached out my hand and I took it. <laughs> Praise God. And put it on my yeah. finger. <laughs> Praise God. Like I had reenacted every time I read 2 Kings 6 to 7. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it thither. And the iron did swim. Therefore he said, Take it up to thee and put out his hand and took it. Praise Unharmed, God. undefiled under my marriage bed, placed there by angels. Oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 That's real. The only way it could be there. To lose it when you're out of the house, and there it is in the house, and under your marriage bed? I have a friend of mine that about 20 years ago, a similar thing happened. Had a ring, it was lost and gone. Day and night, day and night, day and night, going to bed, no ring. Her wedding ring was gone. They're believing God. One night, she pulls back the covers to get into bed, and her ring was on top of the mattress. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Now, does she lose it there and not see it for a week or two or whatever long it was? Not hardly. God is good. Amen. So what are you saying? What are you speaking? Hallelujah. You're blessed and you have the promises. Yes, thank you, Jesus. So ushers, get prepared to receive the offerings, please. People, be prepared. Now, if you've got something to say over your offering, use your own words and say it. Amen. Now's the time, if you haven't already. Father, in the that name of Jesus, we receive these offerings. And we just thank you for the opportunity to give with faith in our hearts and words in our mouths, saying, These offerings are blessed, and we fully expect them to be received by you because they're accepted and taken up in the fire of the Lord. And the angel of God have been dispatched because we've spoken your word out of our heart with our mouth, and we believe that you are, and that you're the reward of those that diligently seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.